up, what up, what's happening? I am your host, Logan. Alongside me is Tally. We're recording this on a victory Monday. No longer loser Monday or losers Monday because we've had a lot of those this season. But we're excited to bring this one to you guys. Obviously, there's a lot of mixed emotions in the Lions uh, fan base right now because it's kind of split between whether you keep rooting for them to win or, or keep rooting for them to lose and get a better draft pick at this point. I'm just pointing out the, the, the signs that point to the Lions going to tank. And a lot of fans obviously are going to want to get the better pick to be better in the future, but that's not the case in my eyes because we talked about this a little bit before tally. I was like, before the game, I was like, I don't know. I, I, I was almost rooting for them to lose. But then I caught like a Even second. picked against them. Even picked against them. <laughs> Even picked against them in our picks last week. But like in my head, I was I, I was thinking maybe I want this team to lose. But then I, halfway, like even just like the first drive, I was like, I got like this rush of, of energy. And after that first touchdown, I was like, I couldn't root for this team to lose, man. Like it was just so hard. Oh. Yeah, no, there's never a point in the game where I was like, oh, okay, like I hope they lose. Even though when it was 24 to three and then it was 24 to 10 and it was 24 to 17, I'm like, yeah, like I hope, like there's a little bit of me. I'm like, this would be very funny and very Lions esque if they lose the game. And it, damn, they probably should have lost the game. They got pretty lucky and rookie mistake by chase young won in that game and of course matt prater's god leg we'll talk about that later but <laughs> going into the game i was like oh, whatever like I, i'm i don't really care what happens they win you know four and five woohoo we play a, a pretty hurt panthers team next next week so we can make the most out of that but i'm sitting there during the game first quarter second quarter sitting on my bed no emotion just nothing anything that happened I was like, oh, cool. When Marvin Jones caught that uh, sweet touchdown to make it was 14 to three, I was like, I was like, oh, nice, nice catch. Other than that, there was <laughs> like, I came back from the kitchen, saw Marvin Jones make a, a toe tap catch in the corner of the end zone. I was like, sweet. That's, that's pretty cool. That's probably going to get the most excited I'm going to get this game. And that's kind of how I stayed. I was pretty even keeled. Even when they were coming back, I was never mad, never angry. Because I'm to the point this year where I'm like, I expect everything. So that, you know, Lions asked, you had to expect Alex Smith to lead his comeback as comeback player of the year this year. And, you know, goddamn, Alex Smith threw 55 times in his first start back. That was crazy. This guy's body's got to be killing him right now. He was phenomenal. Just, it it was great to see. He looked good. Really good. But yeah, I mean, on the first drive, how I mean, what was it, the third or second down? Yeah, let's let's let the dude uh, with one leg run for first down. Shout out Scott Bentley for that one. Jeez, oh. this guy's got a knee brace on, can't even run, can't even run more than three miles an hour. Here he's scrambling out of the pocket for a first down. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh. First drive, I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm gonna deal with all day. Is this it? This is what I'm. This is what I deserve, huh? Definitely halfway through the season, you're just like, you come to just expect it almost like when the Washington football team was coming back or the R words. uh, Washington R words, yes. You said it perfectly. You just, you expect, like, you don't even get mad. It's just second nature almost. So that was happening. But 
when Marvin Jones caught that touchdown, I actually like got out of my seat and, and was screaming and clapping and I don't know, just saying a bunch of random random crap on my mind. But no, great catch by Marvin Jones. He probably deserved a better reaction that I gave it because uh, <laughs> I don't know how what is he 30, 34 year old Marvin Jones is making that catch and a very underappreciated catch. I didn't see that on one highlight this uh, last night or this morning. But hell, even the first the first drive when Stafford double pumped that corner and, and threw it to Marvin Hall. Oh, that was <laughs> that dude, was funny. I was like, "Where's the where's the defensive back on that he, one?" Stafford completely held the the cornerback for the uh, uh, skins and or football team. My bad. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Respectful. Got got it. Um, but. And then Akeem Talib was like, oh, man, Stafford really held the cor- uh, corner there really well. Uh, shout out to uh, Talib. It, w- it was good to almost get, like, a, a different perspective on, on the game because he was able to give his defensive insight, which I thought was was better than expected almost. <clears throat> yeah, Akeem Talib, he was uh, interesting on the call, uh, to say the least. I, at first, you could tell he was very nervous, and he was saying that stuff that – nobody was understanding and he's talking very fast but I think somebody somebody at like a commercial break settled them down because he he really grew on me as the game went I thought he was terrible at first but he's I mean his insight on defense is awesome and he's played with a lot of these guys like you said he's played against a lot of these dudes especially on the offensive side of the ball so it's it's definitely a complete 180 from like what Tony Romo does on CBS with breaking down the offense it's cool is it because defense doesn't get appreciated enough ever in any sport? So it's it's definitely a cooler experience to see a uh, defensive back all star in the booth, and I, I think he's got a little he's got a future in it, in my opinion. Maybe not as a head, you know, play to play by play guy, but I think he can always be on there as an analyst. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the times you get like the the quarterback commentary because you know everybody watching a football game like wants to know what's going through the mind of the quarterback because the quarterback is pro is the most important position on the field. Uh, but to Absolutely. me, it's almost, it's, it's interesting to see the other side or a different perspective than a quarterback because, but like for the average fan, it's like you want to hear from a quarterback, like going through the, the play by play from a quarterback's perspective. But sometimes it's different for uh, uh, different fans. And to me, that different perspective was, was, was beneficial. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we might even get him on another game because the lions are always going to be the third, fourth, fifth broadcast team of the day. For sure. You know, that's just yeah. how it goes. Especially yeah. maybe we'll get a keep to leave again next week. Panthers versus lions. I don't know if that's going to be the marquee uh, game of the day. Definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. yeah so we'll get another combination next week. <laughs> well, Side note, Matt Prater said a big F you to me, which was Yeah, he did. He, uh, he he really did. He heard you. Because I think last podcast or I said it on Twitter, I said to cut Prater last game. So that bold that was a hot take. That was He's definitely missed a bold. lot this year. That was definitely bold because he had a leg yesterday. Let me tell you. He was perfect. <laughs> I can't believe he tried it out there for 59 yard field goal and drilled it. That thing was good from like 70 yards. Dude, that was unbelievable. It was a little knuckler, but it, it did the trick. <laughs> he hit it super low and uh, I just, yeah, I guess he prayed for it to go in and it just, it, I thought it was good the whole way. As soon as he hit it, I'm like, this dude really did this. I'm like, the Lions actually just won this game. Like, dude, I don't know about you, but 
Matt Prater is just, he's mind boggling to me. He's like an interesting person. I, I don't know what the problem is, but there's some times in the games where he's just, you can tell like when he's checked out or when he's like, when he's it's a tattoo, he's a bad boy now. See his tattoo. He's a bad boy now. That's why he's <laughs> acting all different this year. He's Dude, a hot school boy. It's just so interesting how he can be so great and then be so bad. It's there's like a switch. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know. He, he he definitely flipped on the switch this week because uh, man, what was he two for two from fifty? Yeah. Yep. He had a fifty-three. Yeah. And a 50, 53 and fifty-nine. And uh, Matt Prater is back. Full full Matt Prater train. We're back on it. Dude, he was like crowd surfing after he hit that field goal. <laughs> he was up, yeah, he was up in the, the sections looking for Arrow Man up there. That was great. I think Tyrell Crosby was like holding them up. <laughs> hey, they're having fun. Four and five football teams having fun. Got their first win at home. For sure. First win at home. What, what are we, one and four? One and three at home now. One and three at home now. Ford Field. Also, real life news. There looks like there's going to be no fans in Ford Field this year at all. Uh, you can touch yeah, on definitely that. Definitely not. Yeah, Gov- probably uh, not. Governor Michigan over there uh, just went into another lockdown. Am I correct? Yep. Three more weeks of lockdown. Hopefully, it's just the three weeks. I mean, the cases are are pretty high up over in Michigan right now, so it is what it is. Got to abide by it. No fans in Ford Field, probably for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's I don't see it. I don't foresee it at all. So, which which sucks, but I guess I'll I'll suck it up this this year and have more money to spend on tickets next year. Yeah, yeah. maybe when they're a little bit better, or actually. Yeah, that's that's uh, let's hope. I don't scratch, know where this is going. Scratch that thought. We actually have no idea where this is headed. So. Well, I can see it. it's a seven and nine football team. Had it, had it right at it. Maybe you can see Just, it, Tally, but me right now, I'm in a blur. I'm like, my mind is, is split. It's it's just, it's not ready to believe what should be believed at, at this point. Oh, my, my mind sees, uh, what, are we, what are we, four and five right now? 11 and five. That's what I see. Oh, wow. Okay. So my brain sees. Complete 180. <laughs> right at it. Oh, so are restaurants and, and, and shit shut down over there? Or? All shut down. Yeah, inside of restaurants shut down. Outside eating is allowed and takeout and delivery. Takeout is, is allowed? Oh. Yep. Obviously. No. Sucks. My work's on movie theater shut down. Movie theater bar can't can't be in there. Whatever. I'll can't be uh, take my mm. nope, take my unemployment for the next couple weeks, I guess, and Hey, Just that's all right. Buy it. Yeah, for Can't sure. Complain, I guess. Can't complain. Definitely, it's not going to be the last state to, to reverse their stages in COVID. That's for sure. Because <laughs> these numbers are, are projected to go upwards. Although we're getting some good signs about a vaccine. So, what yeah, you, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we really football football staying on, and that's the only constant in my life right now. So that's uh, that's a plus. Yeah, before we get into this game, as long as there's NFL football and as long as they can get through the season, I just to me, I'm almost I almost got a pit in my stomach right now that this season's not going to be able to finish for some reason. It's like 
it's growing. And each week, each week, each week, we're seeing these numbers just just drastically growing. I don't know if it's because we're, te- I, well, the U.S. is first in testing. So by, no, by statistics, cases are going to go up. But to see them going this up, it, it's nerve-wracking for this NFL season to see whether they're going to be able to finish this thing, man. It's- yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that the NFL can get it under control. There's been a couple, I think it was two weeks in a row with no positive uh, tests on Sunday. That's always a plus. That's a plus. Games have, haven't been canceled. So I think the players are definitely doing a better job. We have the staffs doing a better job. Everybody's being – I mean, they're all playing for the same team. Like, everybody wants to play these games. Nobody wants to delay weeks. And, yeah. I, I mean, the Titans are missing their bye week, and they have to play another week because they missed two weeks. So we'll, we'll see that towards the end of the year where that's, um, that's all going to happen, especially – it's if if those games end up not happening, they're gonna have to add another uh, wild card team. I'm hearing that's the new rule. If if they have to cancel regular season games, they're adding two more playoff teams. Which would wouldn't that be awesome? The Lions get it at seven and nine. Wild second wild card have to go to like Seattle or something to lose by seventy. Say that again. If games are canceled, they're gonna be adding if regular season more- games are canceled there's going to be an additional playoff team on in each conference. So there's going to be, wow. well, there's three wild cards this year. So they're going to make it four and they're going to, it, it's going to be ugly. So hopefully no games do get canceled because that would be awful. And you're going to have to really, I'd really mess up the schedule, but that's the rule. If stuff, the vote, the player association voted on. So I, I'm pretty sure it's almost official. Yeah, and you said the Titans don't have a bye week anymore. They no, they do not have their bye week anymore because they had two weeks in a row where they had to cancel. That actually could be beneficial for the Lions in the long run because they play. I think they play the Titans around week fourteen, fifteen, or something. They play the Titans. Yeah, I can't even remember their schedule after that. After that Texans game, it's kind of just a blur to me. After the Texans game is when they do get the Titans. This schedule gets get hard. <laughs> So yeah, they got to straighten it up. No, it's it's not. It's not. But yeah, and and we could probably get right into this game, touch up on some life stuff. But on Sunday, sheesh, uh, it was a lot of mixed emotions, as we said earlier. That first drive for the uh, Washington football team was, it, it it was moving, and and there were I was in the back of my head, I was like this defense is sorry. Like this defense is, is just next to horrible because they came out flat. And, and until my boy, Romeo Aquara, who is six act on the year, that drive, that it was like a 14 yard loss. I was just, I was literally saying to myself, all you need to do. All right. Sorry, people. We're back after some short little technical difficulties we had. But we're back and we left off on the Romeo Cora sack. I think we were getting, we were, it was chopping out after a little bit. So we could just backtrack a little bit here. Romeo Cora, six sack of the year. Uh, I didn't hear what you had to say, Tally. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I uh, say that the previous play before that sack, uh, there, the uh, Everson Griffin made a great play because they, I mean, they were, that offense was moving like they, and then all of a sudden, they got a little tricky and they tried to run a, a double ender on or something like that. And 
they they got eight up and they lost like seven yards and then they lost 14 the next play and all of a sudden they weren't in field goal range anymore. I forgot about that play. Ever since yeah, they lost like seven yards on that play. He ate that play up and then they had the sack back to back. That's right. That that was actually a really good stand up by the defense right there. Yeah, the defense uh, after getting bullied, the it looked like they're gonna go straight down the field and score. And oh, the Everson Griffin made a great play, and Julian Quarter made another great play. The defense, I, I mean, bend don't break, and that's what they did. I mean, they shouldn't be bending, not breaking versus that offense. Yeah. With I mean, that's Alex Smith's first starting drive in a long time. But you know, props the defense were props to do. I don't know about you, Tally, but I'm kind of excited to see what this defense can look like with Trey Flowers, Okwara, and Griffin towards the end of the year. I don't know what the timetable is on Trey Flowers. I don't know if they updated it or not. I didn't see anything, so probably probably not yet. But I think it's, if he's on our IR, he's got to wait at least three weeks. Three weeks. So that's that's week, what is that, week two out of three? Yeah. So he gets reevaluated in another week for us. Yeah, that, that, that's good. Because because this defensive line could be so much better. And, like, we're going to have fresh guys off the edge. If you rotate those three, we're going to have fresh legs on, on almost every down. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Because uh, those three can all – they're all starting caliber. Julian Cord is definitely – I'm sorry – was it Julian? I'm mixing them up. I Romeo. always mix those yeah, two up. Romeo. Yeah, yeah Ro- Julian, the one we just drafted. But Romeo's looking phenomenal this year. He's making a huge step forward. Uh, Everson Griffin, in his two games, I thought he's looked decent. He got a lot better this week, in my opinion. He looked first okay sack. last week. First sack yeah, one. first sack. He had like six, five or six QB hits. So he was getting to the quarterback a lot. That offensive line, not the best. But, I mean, you still got to go out there and perform versus a bad O line, and that's what they did. And what I can't remember the amount of sacks they had. Uh, what is it like three? But they the defensive line was doing what they needed to do. I thought the secondary wasn't doing what they needed to do, and that's a main reason why Washington started to come back. And I think a lot of that falls back on coaching because you're rushing three and dropping into deep zones, playing 15 yards off the ball, and they're getting torched and. I think that that all falls back to one guy that that one guy I've has been the scapegoat for how many weeks and that we, when you blow multiple fourth quarter leagues, whatever, you can blow one, you can blow two. They happen. Like thing ha- things happen. Teams blow leads all the time in the NFL. There's a lot of talent between the worst team and the best team. Like the skill is all there, but when you're doing it consistently, it starts to fall on one solo guy and the, the fall guy has to be your defensive guru, as we say every single week. So it's it's getting to the point with me where it's it's just so stupid. And even with the win, the Fords have to look at that game and be like, like this this is stupid. Like we watch this every single week and nothing changes. This isn't the guy anymore. But sadly, the Fords will never do that because I think they're in love with Matt Patricia because he he's like talks to them and he persuades them every single week by saying, "Wow, look at us. We already have one more win than last year. We're we're making progress through uh, what we kind of the NFL season this year. So we're on track to where we want to be. And Sheila Ford, we're not. We're definitely not on track to where, where we need to be. <laughs> See, two things here that I, I just want to point out from what you said. The part that scares me of the Lions possibly competing towards the end of the season is that I guess the Fords came out and said that they're – 
I I guess I don't know. I don't know how you say it. Uh, they want to win. Is it basically what they said? Yeah, basically like they're, that, in, they're win down mode. Yeah, but she didn't. They also say before the season that they are making meaningful games a commitment this year in December. That that that's what they wanted. That's what. Yep, that's exactly is, what they wanted. Or their goal. And I guess if Matt Patricia hits that goal and they get a meaningful game in December. One meaningful stay? game to try to get to 8-8. Eight and eight. Like, I don't know the circumstances of that statement that, that, that was made. I, I can tell you exactly what that means. Am I, as my uh, favorite podcaster, Big Cat, always says, that graphic that they bring up on the squ- screen in like week 14. In the hunt. 13, 14, <laughs> in the hunt. If you are in the hunt, that is the most exhilarating time of your life. Because when, when they flash that across the screen in, in week 14 and the Lions are like six and seven or something stupid, and we're going to be like, okay, yeah, we can we can, we can can make a little run here. We're in the hunt, baby. And that's like the Fords are so obsessed with like looking good on social media and stuff and like the Lions <laughs> having a good persona that that in the hunt graphic, like that, that means everything to them. And that's the definition of playing meaningful meaningful football in December to them. Exactly. And that that just scares me because this guy and Bob Quinn could actually get their jobs back if they go eight and eight. Not only their jobs back, an extension. Oh my god, they oh there's no way. Do you have this game on your screen right now? Oh my god. (laughs) What happened in the in the Vikings Bears game they have the NFC playoff picture and in the hunt it says Detroit Lions four and five. Wow. Let's go. We're on the the hunt hunt. in Monday night football in the hunt. Detroit Lions, you heard it here first. The Lions are in the hunt. See, Big Cat said it right. It's really exhilarating when you when you see your team. When you see your team float, your, your team float across the screen. You're like, okay, yeah. here's a little baby run. Here we come. Yeah. And then by like week sixteen, you're you're, you're just like, wow, that was counting down the great weeks. Timing. <laughs> yeah, you're like, please have the season over. Why not? You're going week by week here. Oh wow! Wow, what timing that was for Monday night. But they heard me. Literally, Lewis Riddick heard me through the TV. Yep, we wanted to hear. We wanted to see our lions in the hunt for the million. And, and that, and that's exactly what Lewis Riddick just gave <laughs> to me. He gave me that the, we're in the hunt, baby. But second thought about the zone coverage on Sunday. There was an interesting stat I saw on Twitter that rolled through my uh, feed. It said Lions' first half, thirty point four percent man coverage, sixty nine point six percent zone coverage. They gave up three points in the first half. Now, in the second half, 62%, 62 62.9% man coverage, and 37.1% zone coverage. And they gave up 24 points in the second half. Now, there's two things that I take away from this. One, that Matt Patricia was trying something with a big lead, maybe. Or two... The Lions were pressing a lot in the second half after the after they gave up that first score and that second score where they were falling back into their own habits and playing more man coverage because they were pressing to hold the lead. Now, whether you take the first 
or the second, it, it really doesn't matter because it's just mind boggling how a team can play so well in the first half with given those stats and then almost just toward absolutely destroyed. They just got picked apart in the second half. No, there's really no explanation for it. Like it just happens. Like I, I I don't even know how to explain it because it just happens. And like, I'm just used to it. Like we said, it's just like, it's something that I've come to accept and not get mad at. So when I see it happening, it's like, all right, just do it to me again, Lions. You know you want to. Like, that's that's the point I'm always at. I, I, I just don't think that it's a man and zone coverage problem. There's there's a, there's a deeper issue here. You, you can't just look at the stats and say, oh, we need to play we need to play more zone coverage the whole game. No, no, no. no, no. That's, that's not how it, it works. There, there's a problem with us and our front four and our linebackers accounting for their assignments. Now, there were multiple occasions where Desmond Trufant was upset with the fact of, of his jobs that the players were doing, that his players were doing, because they weren't helping at all. And you could see that live on your television screen. Trufant was, very upset. was in the ears of the linebackers the whole game because it almost looked like they had no idea what they were doing. A couple of slants, he, he was expecting help over the middle. Yeah. And they weren't just giving it to him, and he was very fed up because Trufant was getting beat a couple times, and it looked like he was getting beat bad. But you, you never really know what schemes and coverages the Lions are, are dialing up. I'm not even sure if they know the stuff that they're dialing up because, I mean, they can't even get on the field, and they can't run the right coverages that are being called. So maybe it all maybe it all doesn't fall back on the coach, and these guys just have no idea what's going on. Because I, I, Here's my personal theory. It's my grandpa's favorite personal theory, is when you put on the jersey, like the Lions jersey or the helmet or whatever, you just instantly lose like 50 IQ points. <laughs> so in, in the long run, like maybe it's just the franchise. It's it, there's no other explanation for it. But see, here's here's my issue. There's like if you look at our linebackers right now, Jamie Collins is 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 probably the best one, even though he's he's lost out there tackling one on one. So yep. But it's just you're not gonna get it done. With Christian Jones and Reggie Raglan on the sides, it it's just you, you they can't brutally need linebacker help. And I'm guessing that once if they go, let's say this season finishes like how we think it's going to finish, and they go seven and nine, whatever at, at best, like eight and eight, that's they'll have around pick ten, and that's who they're going to take is probably an inside linebacker because we all know Gerard Davis isn't it, and obviously he's not getting the snaps that he used to because he can't cover, so. Looking ahead to the draft, we all want the quarterback, but we're not going to be in position to take one. I bet they take an inside linebacker. I know there's one from Alabama that's really good and really highly touted. So be be looking be looking out for that. Yeah, please. I would love a linebacker that can cover. Also, that's where my point I was trying to get at. There's an issue there, and I see it. It's it's almost you can't look at the zone coverage because. Towards the second half in that game, our zone coverage was getting eaten alive because our linebackers weren't doing their jobs. They weren't accounting for their assignments. They weren't where they were supposed to be, and that's the problem with our with the zone coverage. And that's why they had to press and go back into man and 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 rush the quarterback. 
to make decisions. That that that's what I was trying to get at, and I think that's the issue. I'm almost a hundred percent positive. Yeah, and the defense is always looks frantic. Again, come to expect it. It's the Lions, but we can start focus on the positives as we get back to the game because I mean there were some major positives out of this game what I saw the first half was great I mean even the second half I thought they looked okay they didn't score as much but they still they were still putting together some decent drives no touchdowns in the second half but the first half especially look what happened we've been calling for it since we me and you especially from week four week week three week five let's give the ball to the dude that we took what was it, 32nd overall, 34th overall, whatever it is, DeAndre Swift. And this dude was dominating. He was running hard. He was catching passes. He's everything I've wanted, like, out of a running back. He embodies it all, and I he's one of the only bright spots that I see. Right now, obviously, I mean, Matt Stafford's always going to be a bright spot. There's not, like, promise outside of Kenny Galladay. But DeAndre Swift, this is going to be a – Dude, in like two years, when he develops and he and he learns how how to run to the outside more effectively, as you can see, he was running inside, he was running outside, he was making plays. In he only had like what eighty yards uh, yesterday? Yeah, sixteen carries, eighty-one yards. This guy is the future, man. And we've been begging for it forever, us two. And yesterday, the training wheels finally came off. Hundred and something scrimmage yards for our boy D Swift. Hundred and forty scrimmage yards. And a TD. Where and that TD was a mean TD. He practically caught that ball and ran mean. And he lowered the shoulder to get into that end zone. He finished off that catch. He finished it off for Stafford. That's what the player you want. Somebody that's gonna that's gonna leave their body on the line for a TD. Like this is what we've been asking for. Forever, even since the first game where he had a bad drop. Okay, he may have cost actually, no, I'm not even saying that because he didn't cost us the game. He wasn't that play, should have never happened. There, there were, never, we should never have been. No, we should never have been there. So, you can't put that game on, on the rookie. Yes, he did drop the ball, but that doesn't mean he should be almost not even given a chance afterwards. Until week, what is this? Week ten, week nine, week ten? I don't week even 10, know. Ninth game. Week ten. Like, come on, we can't be given. This should have happened way, way earlier. We knew it since that game, but it's it's just nice to see that our boy D Swift is just balling. always bumping D Swift. And that hurdle he had in the in the like first drive or second drive. Oh my god! Yep, second drive when he ran right through the middle for like a 16-yard gain, and oh, like it's so cool to watch because the offensive line, like it's pretty. I would say it's good. I wouldn't say it's anything special. It's not like Indy's O line where I think, wow, we got a dude out there that just dominates. Hopefully, that's what Jonah Jackson turns to in his guard, like Quentin Nelson, like somebody that you can just run behind him and he's going to pick up yards. So the offensive line. It's serviceable, in in my opinion. Definitely Nothing great. They're they're like they're good in the past. They're not very good in the uh, running area. But he's doing this with a average offensive line. Once you know they they pile up some picks. Hopefully they hit a few more like Jonah Jackson, uh, Frank Ragnow, stuff like that. This, 
I'm excited, man, because he he's a fun watch. He always wants the ball in his hands, and when he gets the ball in in his hands, he runs super hard, and he doesn't look like he wants to get hit. And like last week, he trucked that dude. Was that last week uh, in Minnesota, or is that? The Indian game. I can't remember the game it was, but he absolutely trucked this linebacker, ran him out. And, like, this is a 5'10 little running back who's built like a tank and he will run through people. He said, Get out of my way. That's what he said. <laughs> and oh, I want to see it more. I want, I mean, 13 carries. It's still not enough. Like, I get, I get in the second, I mean, in the second half, I think he should have got more carries because we're up 24 3. Like, no, okay, it was 16 carries, like we just said, but I want 20. I want 25. I want Dalvin Cook type r- rushing numbers. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying he's as good as Dalvin Cook. Obviously, Dalvin Cook's like the best running back in the NFL. I'm saying if you give him carries, he's going to give you production. You give him 25 carries, tw- that's that's nine more runs to let him open up something. That's nine more carries where he could break a 25 yard run, and who knows? It in these coming weeks, he could break. <laughs> Break a sixty-yard run for a touchdown. We had when's the last time we saw like a sixty-yard touchdown by a running back? Javid Best. Yeah, <laughs> Monday night against the Bears. It's like the last time we saw a long, a long run. The only one I can think of was Carry On. Maybe when he, I think he got ran out of bounds. So it was like a sixty-yard gain, gain, but he, he got ran out of bounds. And like we haven't seen one for like a touchdown in maybe so Joyke so Bell. so long. Joy Bell. Yeah, what maybe from the five-yard line. Some throwbacks. Dude, I'll never goal. I'll never forget that Javid Best run against the Bears on Monday Night Football where he took like oh, that was awesome. Yards. Dude, that, that was <laughs> such a cool Detroit Lions moment. Oh my god. And then poor Javid Best, he fell off the map. A couple injuries, but yeah, but staying Hopefully we along, don't get that with Swift. No. Staying along with your point about this offensive line being serviceable. If you look at it on Sunday, we had a third slash second stringer at guard, Ode Abushi. Didn't even have a first stringer. And then we have, he's running behind a rookie offensive guard on the other side, Jonah Jackson, as we noted, who has, has played well this year. And then when you look – and then you got Tyrell Crosby, who is – I hate to say it, but he, he he's a backup. But he's been serviceable this year. He, I, 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 he shouldn't be starting at right tackle, but he is. Better than Big V, that's for sure. But we signed Big V to play uh... play right tackle. That's the thing. So and our backups more serviceable than he is. He's not even running behind our best guys. That's what I'm trying to get. And, yeah, exactly. And this, that that should just be all the more excitement. This kid is just so elusive. It, it's insane. And we've been just waiting for this. Ron DeAndre. Hopefully, Smith. this is this opens it up for him because I mean, the schedule the next two weeks the run defenses aren't elite. Like. <laughs> They they can go do they can do something against these two teams against the run. Hopefully they let them get twenty carries. As I mean, Carry On had what like six six um what was it? I can't remember the exact snap count. But DeAndre Swift absolutely dominated the snap count. I think he was he had like the seventy eight percent of the snap count is what exactly what I want. Like yep. this is your most talented running back by far. It's not close. Let him be on the field. Yep, for sure. Also, he just put in carry on Johnson to block the blitzes on third down and then just let DeAndre Swift take over. And then you can mix in AP a little bit here and there just for a little sprinkle. But other than that, you got, you got to just put your best guy out there. It, it's, it's that simple. 
No, def- definitely. And I, this, again, hopefully it is the breakout game and we see him more because I, I think he brings something to this offense that the other two just can't bring. AP, obviously too old. Kerryon Johnson doesn't have – he's not as quick and, and he, he can't catch the ball out of the backfield as well as DeAndre Swift can. So he's going to be a key, key piece for, I think, a long time. And hopefully this is the running back that sticks around. Definitely. Going back to your point about the running game and the weeks coming up, if we've been saying it all year, Daryl Bevel's offense, and every Lions fan knows this by now, but let me just stress it again. Daryl Bevel's offense thrives off running the football effectively. If you can't run the football effectively in his offense, we're going to lose the game and the offense is going to look horrible. We saw that in the Colts game where we had 16 yards on the run the whole game. Got just demolished. Just, just, it, there, there was no answer. When you can take the pressure off our quarterback for once, number nine, who was elite on Sunday, and here's the reason why he was elite. He wasn't elite because he had great receivers because – he, he didn't even have his best target. He was elite because DeAndre Swift took the pressure off of him. He didn't do it on his own. He did it with his running game. And that is the key to success in the future in these weeks coming up. Period. No ifs, no buts, or ors. That is the key right there, man. And if, if we can just get 90 yards, 100 yards on the run get effective, effective runs, second in shorts, third in shorts. Stafford's going to pick them apart. There's no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. Yeah, no, I mean, throughout the whole game, you could tell we could we were running the ball well because Stafford always had time because they're always worried about the run. So Stafford was getting a lot more time to throw, and you can even – on that that Marvin Hall touchdown, I mean, Marvin – as you, the, the weapons out there weren't very – not as good as Matt Stafford's used to. Marvin Marvin Hall was running like every single route of the game, which is something we don't ever see. We see that dude for like five snaps a game, run five go routes, and hopefully they hit on one. But he he was out there every single snap, and he was he was targeted like five times. So that's how you like the the weapons weren't there, but Stafford had most of the time all day to throw against a very good pass defense, and he really kind of picked him apart throughout the first half. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. This Washington football team did have plenty of mistakes in the in the first uh, half that played to our advantage, or the first quarter, or yeah, first half that played to our advantage because they missed a field goal and then they had that that wicked fumble, in McLaurin. I don't know how that happened or how that ball got loose before his knee got down, but it did. That and was that, close. And they were driving too. They, they they were they were headed for a TD. I thought. Defense, you gotta give them credit though, dude. They've been causing havoc for most of the games. They should have caused more havoc last week against Kirk Cousins. He was just in his zone because I guess we just let him be in his zone. But Washington football team should have should have this game should have been closer than it was that than twenty four to three at that point in my eyes. So yeah, I agree. They were playing well. Yeah, to the benefit of the Lions. It was 24 to 3 because we ended up blowing it uh, further on. But going back to Stafford, that throw to Marvin Jones was just spectacular. And and I just thought he played 
it, it was just a clean game. And if and if you can give Stafford a clean game, you're going to get a good chance to win the game because you're not you're not going down two scores and then relying on Matt Stafford to make perfect perfect throws because that's not the yeah. recipe to win. No, Stafford, it was a perfect Stafford game. I mean, 24-33, 276, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 127 quarterback rating. Stafford played how ex- how Staff- I expect Stafford to play week in, week out. And it proves, again, that if Stafford has to play an elite level to win every single football game, because they were playing a terrible football team in the Washington R-Words, and it was a lot closer than it probably should have been in the end as Stafford was just dominating throughout the first half. I would like to see more points in the second half. I think a lot of that falls on, on play calling. Their Bevel's not creative enough, as we've stated 100,000 times on this podcast. But it, it, it shouldn't have to be like this. Unfortunately, it is like this for Matthew Stafford, and hopefully eventually in his career he'll be in a place where he doesn't have to play like this every single week to win like Peyton Manning did with the Broncos, and hopefully he gets a sunset into the Super Bowl, and like every Lions fan wants. It's just not going to be here, as we all know. But you know what? Shout out Matt Stafford. A lot of people have been hating on him the last couple of weeks. It's always Stafford's fault when they lose because he throws a couple picks because he's got to throw the ball 80 times a game because they're always losing. But it was nice to see him playing at elite level again. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're about to get into the most interesting point part of the game that I thought was, and that was coming out of the halftime with a drive like that, I haven't seen that in years, Tally. In years. We've never seen something like that. We're usually seeing a three and out after halftime. <laughs> yeah, they actually put one together. It was it was a weird sight to see. And and that's what you have to do to win games. When you're up 17 to 3 and you're coming out with the ball at half, you're gonna be you need to come out and, and try and put this team away right there and then. And that's what they did. That drive was just marvelous. They, I think it was seven minute drive or something like half a damn quarter just on one drive. That is just demoralizing for a team. And I'm surprised they actually, they, they put their foot down after that drive because it almost didn't make sense to me. Usually teams just bear down after a team puts that kind of drive together. And, and you, you really just demoralize a defense by that. It shocked me that they actually put something together after that. But as a team, you you haven't seen that from the Lions in a while. And it was really good to see that drive was I, – I, I just – and the capped off by a DeAndre Swift touchdown, a mean touchdown too that we talked about earlier, just phenomenal. You need to see that out of the, the first drive, out of the third quarter, a lot more often because it was – that was probably one of the best drives they've had all year. And that DeAndre Swift, obviously, great touchdown to end it. Matt Stafford looked comfortable the entire drive and never really had pressure on him. And they just put away the drive. They finally capped off on a drive where they six, seven-minute drive, and they finally punched one in for a score. And it was nice to see that. You thought you were going to get more out of them in the second half after that drive. Of course, we were wrong because that's just it never can be that easy with this football team. They have to struggle for them to win. I don't know why that's their formula is always to struggle to win, but that's what happened. The offense faded away after that, which is something that we're used to seeing and something we've, we've been touching on the last couple of weeks that this offense does die out at times, especially when they, they get leads because they always blow their leads. And that's because they're not creative enough. It, it falls back right to that. Yep. 
And they actually, the offense actually overcame a holding penalty on that on that uh, drive, which is yeah. Oh, the swift screen. That's what that was. For, they were. Uh, it was early in the drive, first and twenty, and they said, "Okay, never mind. We won't even get the second down." Great call. We're going to throw it to her. Yep, great call. Slip screen out to the right side, and John J. Yep. Swift said, "Okay, okay, I'm just going to run for twenty five yards here." <laughs> Yeah, and then after that drive, they're up twenty-four to three, and then the Washington football team really said that they're not gonna, they're not gonna, they're gonna put their foots down and and, and put together a drive. Alex Smith, uh, Alex up. Smith, and and this drive was just it, it was the defense playing prevent. You're up twenty-four three, three touchdowns. You're you're playing prevent. You're trying to ha- have the football team create a long drive for themselves, uh, kill some clock. Maybe get a stop, but I just have a problem with playing such soft, soft zone, soft defense when you're up that, knowing that this is the Lions and, and we are prone to blowing leads. You, as I want a coach that just plays aggressive 24 7, 24 7, you play aggressive. That's what Andy Reid does in Kansas City. That's what I, the list goes on and on. You can even put Shanahan in that list in, in, in the Niners. You can put Pete Carroll on that list. He plays aggressive. There's, It's just you have to in this NFL. You can't ever let your eyes go away because once you do that, you're going you're, you're gonna to be hurting. You can't let a team creep in and creep in because – Yeah, it, no, absolutely. Because – Whatever, I'll, I'll let them off the hook. It was 24 to 3. The next time the offense got the ball, 24 to 10, defense couldn't get a stop, whatever. They scored a touchdown. Not the end of the world. You're still up by two scores. That next drive is so, so, so important. They could put the game away right there, right then. Just keep aggressive. Let Stafford take a couple shots. Let Stafford run some play action. Go deep. It, who cares? If you're going to pump the ball, if you're going to go three and out, at least take some shots. At least show the other team. You're not going to stop playing aggressive, and that opens up the run game. That opens up the deep shot because the defense doesn't know what's coming. When you're playing super, super conservative, you're you're running some slants over the middle. You're running the ball up the middle. It's, just, it's, it's a recipe for disaster, and it happened again. They let them get back into the game because they were playing super, super passive. On, on both sides of the ball, it was on the offense and on the defense. The defense was playing, okay, you don't don't beat me 30 yards down the field, but I'll let you beat me 15 yards down the field every single play. So it's, again, it falls back on coaching. We say it every time. It won't get fixed, but it needs to get fixed because that's the only way this team's going to be able to win more football games. If, if this team could just learn how to keep, keep a lead, learn that, that statement they were trying to press at the start of the year, dagger time. It's dagger time. Maybe we're up 24 to 10. Let's get up thirty-one to ten. This team will—they'll—they'll they'll be dead thirty-one to ten with the start of the fourth quarter. No team's coming back from that. Even with the Lions, Jesus, like it, it just gets to a point where the Lions need to learn to just be aggressive every single snap of every game. Blitz on first down when you're up by two scores. Blitz on second down. Don't have to blitz every play, but show the other team you want to be aggressive. Yeah, yeah, and and staying on that drive. Where coming off that Washington touchdown, where they it was twenty four to ten, I thought I don't know how they went three and out on that drive because you had the short pass to Jesse James and then you had the run up the middle with Carryon Johnson and then you're facing a third and two, 
But here's the problem. You're facing a third and two, and they ran a wheel route with Marvin Jones for some reason. That he, Why are you throwing a ball 15 yards downfield when it's a third and two? Man, Give me a quick slant. Give me something like, more creative than that. You don't have to be that aggressive. You don't have to go for the deep ball on third and two when you're up two scores. Just just give me a, a three-yard run. Just just pick up the two yards. That's all I'd you got to do. I'd rather them run on third and two yeah. than that throw for 15 yards. Or run what every other team in the NFL runs. Run your tight end into the, slat and have, uh, into the flat and have them sit down right in the cushion. Pick it up, have them back into the first down. And, and, it's, and if you don't pick it up, whatever, it's good defense. But what? <laughs> make the defense work. Don't run a 15-yard wheel route down the field where – it's not a very high percentage completion play. No. Run something that gives you the best ability to get a first down. And that was the weirdest thing to me. Like, it, you usually look at, at those drives like, oh, you're up you're up two touchdowns. And then you're like, oh, your play caller, your offensive coordinator is playing really, really conservative. They're running the ball three straight times. No, this was like completely opposite. They got two, two good plays. You're, you're facing a third and short, exactly what you want. But then you you run a a fifteen yard pass out there that just made no sense to me, absolutely no sense. And it's like it, it's it's almost the opposite of what you expected for some reason. But it, it didn't work out because it, I don't know. It just made no sense to me. I, no, I don't understand it. We're we're both big analytic guys, and we believe in stats and analytics. And the analytics tell you run plays on first down, second down, and third down that give you the best percentage to get you that first down, whatever situation you're in. The, the percentage to say you should be throwing the ball every single first down. And every time third third and short, you shouldn't be running anything other than a two-step drop quick pass because that is the highest percentage. I believe you can look it up. I forgot what website it's on, but I have a, I have a stats page that I always look at that that says what plays you should run at certain times. And the Lions don't they don't run any of these plays. They make it as <laughs> difficult as possible on themselves and give them the lowest percentage to pick up any play ever. Like third, third and seven, I, I'll see these dudes going for a 50-yard bomb. for no. Like it, sometimes they don't throw them the ball, but some of these routes, they have these dudes running on third and seven, like into the flat for one-yard one yard game. It makes – no sense analytically, but the Lions just don't believe in analytics, I think. No, they, they clearly don't. And that other drive after the the Lions mishap on, on the three and out there, it was the defense, it was that zone coverage, that soft zone coverage that we saw that we talked about earlier that Akib Talib was pointing out because Jeff Okuda got beat a couple times. Coleman got beat a couple times. And that's where things started getting out of control on defense. We touched on the true font, just calling out his linebackers in the middle middle of, of, of the, the clock running down for the next play. It, it, it almost looked like the wheels were coming off. Yeah, as soon as that second were. three and out happened, you knew it was coming. Yeah, as yeah. soon as that second one came. That, that's another thing. The offense had two chances to get this right and, and after uh uh Washington score you gotta you gotta come out with a nice offensive drive and then they go three and out both times. <laughs> it, yeah, it I mean, just... Touching back on what you said on the defense in the secondary, uh, we're both Jeff Okuda lovers. I think the kid's gonna be great. 
But something is going on. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know what sorcery it is. Something is happening. And the defensive guys, whoever's working with him, they need to leave him alone. Because this dude in college, I watched every single game that he played. Ohio State, always in prime time, always watching them. He was the cleanest prospect I've seen. The dude doesn't take penalties. The dude doesn't get beat. He puts on a Lions uniform. And he looks like he can't do anything. He's getting turned around in coverage. He's getting turned the wrong way. He's not He's not, not in the right coverage. Matt Patricia is doing something to this dude. And I hate it. He is ruining our prospect, or probably our best prospect in a long time. And he's taking him and he's turning him into a garbage cornerback. And when you look at the other the other rookie cornerbacks so far this year, they they're performing. And that's what's so concerning right now is that everybody's saying it's it's a very tough transition. And it is. It is he's had some tough matchups. He's he's getting killed. If if we're being honest, he didn't get that many snaps. I didn't even think he was playing. I thought he was hurt for a little bit of time. But <laughs> like we need him to be playing at a way higher level for us to succeed. And whatever defensive coach, if it's the quarterback coach, if it's Matt Patricia, throw him out. Get him away from the franchise because this dude doesn't even look like he could play in the the XFL or AFL right now. And that's coming from a guy that loves Jeff, Jeff Okuda and who loved the pick. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you're not being – you're not saying, oh, oh, this this pick this pick is not going to work out already and, and stuff Absolutely like that. Absolutely not. Just, yeah, no, you're just you're just pointing out the struggles that that are obvious. And to me, it's I, I don't know. It's it's almost like we almost just threw him into the fire like way too early, and, and they put him against the best matchups every week. But that's what you want out of your out of your top three pick. You got to give him the matchups. You got to give him that. But when you look at it. Going back to that play where Talib pointed out, where I think McClure, it, it was actually it was a f- was that a fourth down or a third down, third and long, third and thirteen. I third think and long. Was, third yeah, and long. Third and thirteen. That's where you got to get off the field, man. And, and and you know the ball's going to McLaurin. Why not? It, it almost looked as though Okuda wasn't even given any help over the top. Uh, he was relying on himself to stay in front of McLaurin and he ended up giving him too much space on the deep end and, and, and McLaurin ended up coming back to the quarterback. But half of this is you, you got to give credit to Alex Smith where it's due. Alex Smith, he figured if he, he figured out the defense in the second half period, he was making the throws he had to make and he was just even doing it by himself too. There was no run game. He didn't have any help. No, he, the run defense looked good. Exactly. They couldn't even run the ball because they were down 20. They were down 21 points. So he was relying on himself. And Alex Smith was was reading our zone coverages. He was throwing the ball balls where they needed to be. And going back to the cornerback situation, I, I don't I don't know what's going on. We got Almani, we got True Font, and we got Okuda. We got to figure out how to and Coleman. We got four corners that can play legitimate time. So it, it's I guess it's almost it's a problem that we're creating, uh, in my eyes. There's but, almost too much going on for its own good because yeah. it. I know Akuda wants to be out there every snap. I know that uh, Amani wants to be out there every snap, but it's. I mean, Trufant. To be fair, even though with how bad Okuda's looked, I think I'd rather watch Okuda get torched out there than watch Desmond Trufant 
kind of he's getting torched too. Like he looks terrible. I and he wasn't even that bad last year. He just looks this the way he's looked from last year to this year, coming from the Falcons here, horrible. And he was on like the worst defense in the NFL last year. And he looks better than he does now. And that's what's so concerning. While Darius Slay is looking decent with with the Eagles right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm not ready to give up on True. I'm not ready to give up on, on Coleman. And I'm not ready to give up on, on Okuda. I think, listen, these corners have been banged up all year. They have, they have been bare minimum practice time. Each one of them are out or sit in a practice every week. So it's almost... You, you, they're just going with the flow at this point. I don't even think there's any preparation, but it's just they got they got to get used to each other. It's it's the communication is just not there with their linebackers, with their safeties. It's because it's almost like plug and play at this point. That I think that's the issue. It's they're they're not communicating well, and you can see that with the arguments on the field. It's that simple. You know, I, I hope as they get healthier, they start to look better. Even if they're not winning games, I want the defense to look better overall because there's some key young pieces that we need to develop. And if they don't develop, this team's going to be screwed for the future. Yeah, and uh, you're almost questioning our development staff because you know, who the hell And it doesn't look like it's the greatest thing right now either. No, who the hell absolutely knows what's going on behind the scenes, at least. You know what? You know what? I'd rather be the Detroit Lions right now than the Chicago Bears because this game on my TV makes me want to bleach my eyes forever. <laughs> they, they, in the second half, they've gone three and out four times, and that drive they just tear before a, a turnover on downs. They're going to lose this game. Oh, just oh, I never want to watch this team again. And well, the Lions have them one more time, so that's going to be interesting to watch Nick Fulter for seven hundred yards. Yeah, and going back to the drive where it was the three and out, that was just it was it was bad. That penalty on Odeyabushi, the backup. Yeah, ball, drive killer. It was drive killer. It was a killer. We had a TJ Hawkinson big chunk play, nine play nine, nine yards, and called back to be first and twenty now. You can't. You can't. I can't stress this enough have a penalty on the drive where the opposing team just scored twice in a row now. And, and, and a they're, first they're down penalty? A, uh, a first it's down. the clock as well. Yep. I, I couldn't have, have, have written a, a worse play to happen than that is, is, is what I meant to say. Being and, behind the six, even on first down, first and 20. And, and they threw, I think, the next play was a screen pass for that went for nothing, yeah. a run that went for nothing, and then an incomplete pass, and the drive was over. And you're like, well, here we go again, and that's exactly what happened. Well, here we go. It's 24-17. We're, we're basically relying on our defense. But it, it's like you can't put this offense, the Lions offense, and we've known their struggles are, are clear and relevant still. But you can't put them behind the A ball because they're already behind the A ball as it, as it is. So as just, a full team, yeah, and you're just you're just putting you're, you're oh it's. I don't but know. after that, you know, of course, three and out did happen. The 
Our words got the football back. The R words scored 24 to 24. I, I, even at this point, I was like, okay, I think the Lions are going to still win this game. The offenses look terrible, but now that it's tied, the offense is going to open up. They're actually going to throw the ball, and that's exactly what happened. They they had a very nice, well-orchestrated drive. Was 11 plays, took three and a half minutes off the clock, but I think uh, Washington took a couple timeouts in that span. So it, it really – it was a longer drive than it says. And, oh, you hate to see it because it was an end in a field goal. Gets us up by three – with two and a half, well, three and a half minutes left. And at that point, you know, and you knew it was coming with the defense that they were probably going to give it up the next drive. Yeah, that, that touchdown was – at that point in the game when they tied it up 24-24, I was thinking to myself, I was just – I expected it, obviously, because I'm a Lions fan, but I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking in the back of my head, did this really just happen? Like – 24 to 3. Yeah, that was like next level bad where yeah. you were thinking, wow, they, this is really the Lions. It was just, it was just, this is falling apart as we speak. And, but then the broadcast showed a nice little picture of Matty P in his little neck gator. And that's where I, I, I was, I said, this game is going to go off the rails. When you put a picture of Matt Patricia on the screen after they just tied it up, 24-24, coming back, three straight scores now. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is it. This is over. Stick a fork in it. There's no way they're coming back. But Lions had a pretty nice drive. They answered with a field goal, which what are you going to do? You, you took the lead back. It, it was – Efficient drive enough, but you're really looking for the, the 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 stick in the fork there, and and putting an end to the nonsense by scoring a touchdown. But they just that whole drive it. looked like it. Yeah, you they, you really thought they were gonna score a touchdown there. The that yeah. drive was a very well orchestrated drive, and it looks like they were gonna they were gonna pull out the touchdown there. But kicking a field goal with a couple minutes left never the best idea with the Lions defense. As they turn around and give it right up, I, I'm trying to look how they end up did kicking the field goal there. What so uh, ended up with the third and nine incomplete pass, which worst case scenario stops the clock. You have to kick a field goal, can't even run it down to the two minute warning, which is what would have happened if you completed a pass there. But the offense, I mean, what they started on their own 25 yard line after the touchdown. This, I mean, they just went three and out three straight times. They got punched in the mouth. It's time to go down and just put the game away, score a touchdown, please put the game away. And they couldn't deliver with enough. I mean, they left too much time on the clock as well. And, you know, we've seen it time and time but again. The two-minute defense isn't good enough. You're you're right, though. That drive looked like it was headed towards a touchdown because if you look at the drive, DeAndre Swift was – I think they ran it three straight times. It was like a 17 – or a 15-yard gain and then a 10-yard and then a, and then a, like an 8-yard gain. One after another, bang, bang, bang. And you're like, he had nine yard carry, five yard reception, yeah, seventeen yard carry. So he he was whole ten yard carry, six yard carry. Like this, he was dominating the entire drive. Yeah, completely in control. I'm watching this. I'm like, holy shit! Our offense is actually running the ball effectively uh, during a tie game, and and we're not just just falling 
falling towards towards dropping back and, and throwing passes. We're actually sticking to, to our guts and sticking to what we know and, and running the football down the field and not and not straying away from it. I was I was like, oh, this is actually happening. We're putting together a nice drive, and then all hell broke loose. And they, Manny Prates had to come in for the 37-yarder. Ended up nailing it. I'm, I'm just, at that point, there's still, what, two, three minutes left in the game at that point? Yep. And uh, Alex Smith, Washington football team's offense is hot. This is not looking good. We're only up three. Football team just scored like three straight touchdowns in a row on all their drives. And I'm just, I'm thinking to myself, we're going to be going down 31-27. With a couple seconds left, too. Just for like what? five seconds or something like that. This this drive was so long and, and so exerting. But if this was the best defense I've seen, and I can't say this enough. I think I said this in my post game, but this was the the best defense I've seen all year. If you look at that last drive, yes, the Washington football team was moving the ball. But if you look at that front four every snap, they were getting off the line of scrimmage the fastest I've ever seen them. Romeo Corr, Griffin, dude, they were a half second away from nailing Alex Smith to the ground or caught or even stripping the ball from him. There were multiple times where I was like, I was like inches, it was inches close to where I was like, oh, Ev, get him. Griffin, get his ass. Or, or, or Quara, strip that ball. It, it, they, were, they were forcing Alex Smith to make decisions on time and fast against man coverage. And, and credit to Alex Smith, he was making the passes. He was making the quick decisions all drive until one thing happened. There was a, there was a, I want to say it, the Lions blew up a run play. I think it, it, they caused them to second and 13. And then the Washington football team, they, they ended up getting conservative. They called a nice little screen pass and, and it didn't work out for them. Forcing third and 13. That's all you got to do. That's all you had to do. You just had to force Alex Smith to make bad decisions. And that's what they did because the defense actually put pressure on him. Yeah, that whole drive, the defense looked good. And, I mean, to be fair to the defense, they probably deserve to get off the field, probably deserve to win the game. Desmond Trufant got called for a very, very, very weak pass interference. Oh, my God, especially I forgot a, about a that. A game-deciding pass interference at that. You know, maybe in the second quarter you can let that go. Not on a fourth and six. Like, for the end of the game, like, that. if if that happens, if like, if that – they don't call it. The game's over. You take, you take, you kneel. The game's over. It makes it a lot less difficult for the Lions to win the game how they did. But again, thought that was weak. That I mean, it could have gone either way. I guess in some people's eyes, but it came to leave cornerback for how many years? Said it was a weak call. I'm gonna believe that dude when he thinks it's a weak call. So the defense really stood on. They stood up to the task there, and that was probably best defensive series I've seen for them in a long time. And they still gave up three points unfairly in as in many people's eyes, but they stood up when they needed to. Yeah. And, and it was, yes, they gave up three points, but if you go back and look at that defensive possession, they, the Washington football team was just, was just trying to, to just wreck them and, and put them down. But they, it, it was like, when the Washington football team was, they got a big chunk play. 
our defense came back with another another play. They, they deflected a pass or or they forced an incompletion. They they came right back after them. They didn't just let them let let them skate right by or or, or let them get away with some BS that, that that we know about because those calls were were I think a handful of those calls on that drive were just complete and utter horse crap. No, I mean, we we're, see it all the time with the Lions, a couple very <laughs> bad penalty calls, and they did fall against us, but shout out to the defense. They did, even with the bad penalties, they stood on their head, especially for the last the last three plays of that drive. They, I mean, the, the delay game by the offense, I don't understand how that ever happens with a couple minutes left in the game. Forced them into a second and 15, and they made two great plays in a row, forced a field goal and left, most importantly, left time on the clock for Matt Stafford to do his thing as Matt Stafford always does. <laughs> for sure. And then this, I, I'm at this point, Tally, I don't know about you, but I'm just, this game's going into overtime. I'm kind of pissed off at this point. I'm like, there's no way in hell this game should have, should be going into overtime right now. But then somehow, some way, don't ask me how they were able to, Force of Maddie Prater, 59-yarder for the win. And if you go back and look at that, you had Quintez Cephas, shout out to him, catching the 10-yarder after he had a big drop earlier in the game. He came back with his head on his shoulders, made a catch, and then they they took a deep ball. The next play... Should have been a touchdown. Happened, yeah, it really should have been a touchdown. I don't know what happened. I think Cephas just lost it in the lights. I don't know. It it looked like he almost gave up on it because he couldn't see it. Uh, it turned him around the wrong way for sure. Yeah. But that was a, a phenomenal throw by Matthew that Stafford that got put to waste. That put him right in the corner of the end zone by himself. He would have walked in from the five-yard line. And I was thinking, like, wow, that, that sucks. That should have been game. Matt Stafford does it again. But then a second overall pick. Happens. Uh, the second overall pick that we all wanted so bad, Chase Young, who's probably going to win um, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Not saying anything that he's bad. He's a great player, but a very, very, very bonehead play. I mean, he didn't hit him too hard. It wasn't egregious, but there's was no enough. point for it, and that's why they called it. I mean, he took two steps after he, the ball was out of, well out of his hand. And he, Stafford was looking to see if Cephas was going to catch it, and Another technical difficulty. Don't know what's going on this week. First time having some problems, but get back into the last drive again. Chase Young, dumb play. Great player, going to be a great player for a long time. No reason to do that. It hits Matthew Stafford two seconds after the ball's out. Gives the Lions a chance. There's six seconds left. And I don't know about you, Logan, but did you see where they had the line for Matt Prater? They had it like at the 48-yard line. It said field. I'm like, what? No. I'm like, they think this dude can hit from 65 still. Like, <laughs> he's they, they keep saying they always say, oh, he's the the leader. They're like, dude, what's it called? All time leader. I'm like, he does not have this leg anymore. Settle down. <laughs> like, he's a good kicker still. Great NFL kicker. He doesn't have a 67 yard leg. Why do you have the <laughs> the field goal range at the 48 yard line? I, I freaking love it though, dude. Just like knowing you have Maddie Prater, like if you just look at Matt Prater, he's the funniest guy to look at. Side note, 
it's just the best to see when you have when you have projections where the line was for Maddie Prater to go out there for it was the a little sex, a little excessive Same. in my opinion. Jesus, why is the line there? But then uh, they got a ten yard gain, sets up which would be a fifty nine yard field goal. At this point, I'm like fifty yards. No way in hell, man. Like <laughs> really, no win nine. No way, yeah, on Ford Field. Sometimes, well, what I figured out, my seats, there's a little left to right wind and Ford, Ford Field, we've come up with it. <laughs> me and my buddy Keith, my fellow season ticket holder with me, we have our little theory. The The wind blows from left to right where the left tunnel right. side is, That going into that direction. As you saw in the video, they were kicking towards that way. It started off to the left. Yep. Here it comes a little banana, banana peel to the right. It's good. He, Matt Prater is great that way because he plays the wind at Ford Field. He That's plays. the only reason he hit it. In my, in my eyes, he knows the wind better than any other kicker in NFL history. And somehow the Lions pulled out the wind there. Whew, I, I just don't know how the Washington football team, their defense ju- gave that little slip pass to Marvin Jones and just let him have it. It was like, yeah, they, it was just here. Like they were take scared this. to get beat deeper. Yeah. They were really scared to get beat deeper. For some reason. And there was like six seconds left on that play. Like, what are you scared about getting beat deeper? If we go deeper, games, we're going into overtime because the clock's going to run out. I, I didn't understand it. I, I don't understand why they were playing so soft. But it worked out to our advantage. He just had to like run, what, four yards ahead and, and take, take drop down. And, and Matty Prate's come out there for 59 yarders. I, I had absolutely no doubt Matty Prate was going to hit that. Even though I said caught him. He said, I knew he was going to say an F you to me, but I think that's enough for this game. We covered a whole ton, a lot. A lot going on in that Probably, game. Jeez, man. These breakdowns are getting longer and longer. I love it. But I didn't tell you about this, but we're going to get into a little segment here before we wrap this up. Uh-oh. But it's called, Surprise segment. It's, a little, it's a little different because I just thought about it when I was at work one day. And I was like, man, what if we did something like a little bit different? Just some, something different, we'll spice it up a little bit. Not even sports related at all. But Degenerate of the Week. And that's going to go to the award from a Home Depot customer. And this guy came up to me. He's like, we're going to get a little, a little light, life, life discussion here. Comes up to me, asks me a simple question. Uh, can I check out here? I'm like, is this, is this a regular checkout, sir? Um, and I don't even want to give you the behind scenes of what of what I do there, but it, it, it I'm not a register and I'm not a cashier, so just just pointing that out. So I'm like, is is this a regular checkout, sir? Is is this or is this a phone sale? Because I do phone sales at Home Depot for just for everyone that knows. But and this guy was like. It, it's a checkout. Well, he's like, gives, gives me an attitude. He's like, it's a checkout. I'm like, oh, all right. So the checkout is going to be right over here to my left. They'll be able to take care of you right over there. And he's like, wow, how stupid of Home Depot to pay a guy to stand there and do phone sales. Now, mind you, it's 7 a.m. at this time. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm beside myself. I'm like, why would a person just, just feel the need to say something like this. Is, am I missing something, Tally? Here, is, is this guy paying my check every every two weeks? Is this guy? <laughs> He's probably the owner. He's me? the owner. He's pissed off. 
7 a.m. He's mad. He's got to get up early. Made absolutely no sense in my eyes. So when I heard that, I was I immediately thought podcast. I immediately thought degenerate of the week because that is just it's it's almost just it's a bad person. It's it's a bad person, and and we got to be better. That's that that's the new segment every week. I'm going to be on the lookout for. For, for reading up on stuff. It doesn't have to happen in, in my life. Or I, I can see stuff, and we're going to come on here and expose the degenerates because that's what we have to do, and, and that's going to spice this up. Funny fun fact of the week, my uh, ex-Twitter handle was uh, Degenerate Tally because I used to be a uh, gambling guy, gambling guy on Twitter, uh, gave out my picks and stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> changed it to Red Wings Tally now because I cover the majority of the Red Wings on my page. So that was a, I still I still do gamble, dabble with a little bit of gambling. Lost a bet on Nick Foles today. Thanks for going three and out four times in the second half as the Vikings just closed out that game. The Bears have lost what four in a row now. They're five and five. The Vikings are now four and five. As we have a packed NFC North here, two four and five teams, one five and five team, and a terrible seven and two team. <laughs> what what a division! Best division in football, baby. Wow. More most exciting football. Uh, Shout out to the Vikings. Shout out to Kirk Cousins for getting his first win on Monday Night Football, buddy. You're a little, he was a little fired up on TV. I mean, when I if I if I was 0 and 8 on Monday Night Football, I'd be a little excited to get my first win too. Yeah, and I guess Degenerate of the Week is is going to be a name to stay because uh, you use Degenerate, and and we're going to be using it. So we love to see that. Something that we'll have to be looking forward to every week. Yeah, Fortunately, yeah. something we're not going to be looking forward to is discussing this next game and giving our picks. Oh, yeah. And there's not too much to cover uh, on this game as a whole because I think both teams are bad. And the Carolina Panthers is missing their best player, possibly one of the best players in football, Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to play. Uh, his injury report came back that it's not structural damage, but he may miss the week. little bit of injury problems I on saw- your side. I saw on Twitter with uh, Bridgewater that they said, you said the MRI came back uh, clean, but they did say that he was experiencing some soreness in that knee. He was experiencing some swelling uh, and, and, and some stiffness. So who knows? He, he might not. Not worth it go. for him to play, especially him. And especially yeah, because that's the knee that, that was almost like. Blown just, out. They almost had yeah. to cut it off. Yep. Yeah, something like that. And, and that, that was just. It, I hope I hope Bridgewater can play, but I also hope he makes a smart decision for himself because uh, this this could be a decision that that can hurt him. I don't know. Uh, you shouldn't play if you're not 100 percent on that knee because yeah, it's, um, he's got different turns as well. Yeah. So definitely. getting more in depth to that game, their defense is very below average. They do they have a very good offensive coordinator. They have a very very good new offensive you know offensive minded head coach and Matt Rule coming over from Baylor, Big 12 team that scores a shit ton of points. So, I don't know how the Lions match up. If they're playing a second-string quarterback and he was who used to play in the AFL or the XFL, whatever it was when that was on, or they're playing Mike Davis, a 35-year-old like journeyman who's actually having a very good, quietly good year, and he's making a, a nice name for himself as a backup running back where he, he's good out of the backfield, he's good out of uh, – well, receiving the ball in the backfield as well. So I I genuinely, for the first time in a long time, don't have any clue to pick who to pick. Like, 
it's been pretty easy for me relatively to decide who's going to win the game. This one, the Lions could win by two scores. The Lions could lose by three scores, and both of them, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I kind of expected that. Yeah, this one's tough for me because I'm going to be going with my heart this week, and oh, I said no. this in my post game. Lions won, and that just bought me another another week of caring because yep, that's uh, all it is. I, they're just buying another week, buying, 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 buying. Because if they lost uh, last week, it's over. You go three and six, it's over. But they bought another week. Long story short. I'm going with my heart here. We're both four and two. This is a big week. Both four this two. This is officially. a big week. This is because I took the L last week going with not Lions. But here's the football the, team. The R words. Here's the reason why the Lions are going to win. We're going yeah, on the road here. into Carolina. Good Lions are somehow good on the road. Yeah. Maddie P, defensive guru, is good on the road somehow. And. Even if Bridgewater, even if Bridgewater or PJ Walker play, for some reason Manny Patricia prepares well for quarterbacks that are versatile and quarterbacks that can run out of the pocket, and quarterbacks that have different assets in their game. Some reason I don't know why, but it's it's the truth. So, given that fact, and that that's not even, I didn't even give a statistic, but I just gave pure opinion and pure what I see. They're going to win this game, and they're going to win it handedly. Wow. Wow. Handedly. Wow. We're going into Carolina, and we're coming back to Ford Field on Thanksgiving, and we're going to be playing five and a meaningful five. game against the Houston Rotten Texans. Who are terrible as well. Who are terrible. Yep. That's, that's nice. What? You got to give the final score. What's the win? What's the win? Score of. 31 to oh boy. 16. Calling it now. Wow. That's that might even be a score of to be honest. 31 to 16. <laughs> that'd be cool. Score. I don't know if any on all of our any of our listeners uh follow Scorigami. That's an awesome page on Twitter. But imagine if I hit a, on that. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. If you hit it like a score gami 31 16, <laughs> that'd be really cool. Um but back to the game. Oh, I guess going to make my pick. You took the Lions. I really should be taking the Panthers. The Panthers, they've lost five in a row. They're not, good, they're not a good football team, they're, but they're a very feisty football game, meaning they're going to be in a lot of games. They were just in a, in a shootout with the Chiefs. Who would have thought that offense, Teddy Bridgewater, two gloves, Teddy, putting up a fight against the best team in football. They've looked – I mean, they had a close game with the Bucs, I believe. No, no, that was last week. That was a terrible game against the Bucs, yeah, actually. Yeah. I take that back. They just got murdered by a team that just lost by 40 to the Saints. So, I think they're one of those middle ground teams that are, are closer than people think they are. It's kind of like the Vikings, as the Vikings are now on their little mini baby run. But overall, I'm going to be taking against the will of my brain – the Detroit Lions. Let's go. Uh, by a score of, mm, I'm going to say 24 to 21. It's going to be a close wow, one score it's game. Be a close one. The deep, well, if Teddy plays, I feel like they'll score a little bit more. Maybe this the score will be like 28, 24, or something like that. Maybe not your field goal. 
Teddy's not that much of a difference maker. I like watching him play because he's funny to watch. And he, he always covers, though. If you guys are gamblers, take Teddy Bridgewater against the spread. <laughs> doesn't matter if he, he doesn't win every time, but this dude covers, man. Like, this dude is an elite. Like, he plays for the gamblers out there. They might lose, but he covers every time. So if the, if the Panthers are plus money, I might take the Panthers. But overall, I think that the Lions are going to win this game. They're, if you look at the teams, the Lions are better. Like, better everywhere. They got the better punter, obviously, best punter in the league. <laughs> Bet, better quarterback. The wide receivers on Carolina, they're feisty. Snobby Anderson, Curtis Samuel, uh, DJ Moore. They have some very talented wide receivers, which could pose some problems for the secondary if they don't get pressure. But their offensive line isn't very good. Mike Davis, he's not a very good running back. He's good out of the backfield, catching balls out of the backfield. So I think this is a decent matchup for this team. I hate taking the lines because, like, Screw taking the Lions, getting back to five. But they were one and three at a point, right? They won two games in a row, get to three and three. They lost two in a row after that, get to three and five. Maybe they win two in a row, get back to five and five, and have a meaningful game on Thanksgiving, like you just said, as we and the Fords are just in love with. In the hunt, baby, five and five on Thanksgiving. On the hunt, you win on Thanksgiving, six and five, ultimately completely in the hunt. So sadly, Against the will of my brain, I'm going to be taking the Detroit football clients. Yeah, and the problem with that is meaningful game on Thanksgiving means there's a extra year of Maddie P. Extra year of Maddie P. And a chance for a really bad disappointment on Thanksgiving, which is never great. Never, never terrible team. That team is so, 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 so bad. And some they were in the. I think people forgot that team was in the AFC championship yep. game last year and Somehow. they had a huge lead. I, I can tell you DeAndre Hopkins yep. didn't match mention that during the podcast. Shout out to my boy K one. I love Kyler Murray. I've always loved Kyler Murray. I would, I wanted the Lions to draft that dude, but I, he didn't fall. Whatever. Then they ended up taking whoever they did. And DeAndre Hopkins, after the, all the comparisons of DK Metcalf, to Calvin Johnson. Here comes DeAndre Hopkins, Moss, and three dudes. He's probably the best receiver in the NFL. Easily. And he showed why DK Metcalf Sunday night football. Was it Sunday night football? No, they weren't. That was just the America game of the week. Yeah. Way to go, Jalen Ramsey. Way to shut that dude down. That guy's nowhere near Calvin. Shut up that hype. So, touching away from the Lions game on Thanksgiving – it's going to set up for a big disappointment if they get back to five and five. And if they lost to the one of the worst teams in football on Thanksgiving to get above 500, which would be for the first time of the year. I mean, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but I think they should win the game on Sunday. There's no reason they shouldn't. They're, they're a fighting football team. Got to play for the season this week. Yeah. At this point, you, you've already, you've already won four games. Like the odds that you get in the top five pick, not very high anymore with the amount of weeks left, just win as many as you can, I guess. Try to get to four and five and five, six and five, and see where that takes you. The NFC is terrible. Like, (laughs) as crazy as this sounds with how bad the roster is, like, the Lions could seriously, like, somehow sneak into a wild card. We're looking way ahead. And they could win a game. They could win a game in the playoffs because how bad the NFC this year. That's not really a testament to what I think about the Lions because I don't think they're 
a playoff team at all. That just shows you how wide open the NFC is. Tampa Bay is not a very good team. The, C- the Seahawks are the worst defensive team in history as they've given up the most yards through 10 weeks by over like 500, something like that. So any team's beatable in the NFC. So that just opens it up for the Lions. That should open it up for the players. It should give them hope. Maybe nine and seven even sneaks in. You, you got to go on a big run. You got to win some games you're not supposed to win. But guess what? That's what playoffs teams do. They win games they should not win. And if the Lions win a couple games down the stretch, they're going to be in our famous in the hunt graphic and make some meaningful games in December is what we all want. They, we got to take it week by week. Week by week by week with this team. Just got to take care of business in Carolina. That, that's all you got to do, and that, that's well, all. We're we're, maybe we'll have a very different tone next Monday, but it is what it is. The Lions won a game, kept kept us interesting uh, for another week here. Oh, I hate I hate when they keep it interesting when they're this bad. But <laughs> if you're gonna keep it interesting, I'm gonna watch, and as we do every single Sunday. Oh, of course, it's tradition, it's tradition, it's tradition. It's yeah. Sunday night and some misery tradition. We love this team too damn much. Sadly, that is correct. <laughs> oh, that probably wraps up this absolutely loaded episode. It has Again. a long, it might be our longest one yet. We did have oh, some technical sure. difficulties though. Yeah, but we there had was to... a lot to unpack this week. Yeah, definitely a lot to unpack because we had to clarify some things with this team that is just it's all Akaboy, I would say at this point. But time will t- time will tell for sure, and I guess it's really all going to depend what we see next week. And I'm really excited for that matchup. But we are going to be obviously recapping that game next Monday night, coming out Tuesday mornings. Every Tuesday we upload. Please, please, please follow us on Twitter at what's our at Downtown Roar. That is the handle. Almost forgot our handle, but <laughs> we secured it. And please give us a like on Apple Podcasts. If you are listening, we're going to be back next week with another episode. Also, there should be a giveaway coming out soon. Still thinking of ideas, but it's becoming, it's, it's going to be happening very, very soon. I promise you all. Once again, thank you all for listening. We appreciate everyone's support. Thanks for another great week. We will catch you guys next Monday. Another great week. Peace out. See you guys.